Welcome to Explore to Evolve, the travel show to inspire you to make your life the best adventure. I'm your host, Vivian Dams, world traveler, digital nomad, best-selling author, and your coach to live life fully. I am so excited for you to be here today. Thank you for sharing your time with us. And if you like this episode, please leave a five-star review so more amazing people just like you can find us. This is episode number 10 with Jamie B. Walzer. And in today's episode, we're talking about how Jamie immigrated to Israel and her experiences about volunteering in an orphanage. So let's get started. Hello everyone, I'm so excited to have the beautiful Jamie B. Walter with me here today and her son Daniel. Hi Daniel, hi Jamie. We're doing well. <laughs> Daniel is so funny, he's yeah. showing us his cutest little face <laughs> camera here. <laughs> Jamie yeah. actually is originally from the US and moved to mm. Israel. Do you want to tell us yep. a little bit about how that happened and why that happened? Sure. So I was living in Massachusetts and I enjoyed my life. I was living with a few roommates and at some point I met my now husband and we started dating and he invited me to go on a trip to meet his family to Israel. And I had no idea, but he actually proposed on that trip. But before that trip, yeah. Slightly before that trip, he asked if I would be willing to someday move there. And I never really expected to move to another country. I always thought that I would settle down somewhere near my parents because their parents were also from the area and several generations. So I never really had a reason to move except that my boyfriends I loved happened to be from another place and we had to choose a place that would work well for both of us and we couldn't choose both um, to settle down permanently I mean except for the fact that we can visit so I thought well if he's moved then if I move too then we'll have that in common and I guess in the grand scheme of things then that could work so it was challenging because I had to say goodbye to a lot of people in a sense I mean it wasn't really fully saying goodbye because I've always been pretty good about keeping in touch and um, I just figured that I would do that and have an adventure so yeah it was almost like a concession um, to marriage to be willing to moved to another place, but I was open-minded about it. And I thought that it could be exciting and interesting. Um, We were both kind of interested in the idea of kibbutz life. Um, So that's what we were after in the beginning. And um, yeah, we're still living in a place that is sort of called a kibbutz-ish. It's not like the old school kibbutz. It's kind of a new modern kibbutz type place. But yeah, it's very uh, community oriented and it's interesting. That is so amazing because most people that, you know, with people on a show coming from, from, I don't know, from Israel and from other countries moving to the US, right? Living like the big dream, American dream. And then now you're doing the opposite. You're coming from the US, moving to another country. My father converted uh, from Christianity to Judaism, and he wanted to have a bar mitzvah in Israel. So when I was 18 years old, we went on a trip, our whole family, to Israel so that he could get bar mitzvah there. Um, And um, it was interesting because when you get bar mitzvah, it's sort of a coming of age type thing, and you do it when you're about 13 years old. And um, I was 18, but since 
my younger brother was taller than me, people looked at my family and they said, oh, are you the bat mitzvah girl? And I said, oh, no, no, that, that happened to me five years ago. But uh, yeah, so it was funny. So my, my father got bar mitzvah on that trip. And um, that was my first experience of Israel. Wow. When I went to date my husband, it wasn't because I expected to move. It was because I thought he was an interesting person. So it just happened to be something that he asked me to be willing to do. Um, and so I said, well, okay. And uh, yeah, now we have a life here. That is amazing. How has it impacted how you run your life, how you raise your kids now? I mean, you're, you didn't fully speak the language when you got there. The culture is pretty different. Everything is different. Yeah, well, I had, um, I had a little bit of the language because when I was young, I went to Hebrew school after school. So I kind of knew the letters and a little bit of vocabulary, not a whole lot. But, you know, there were a lot of different classes I could take to learn Hebrew once I got here. Um, including, um, as I was becoming a teacher, they had a Hebrew class for teachers who were immigrants, um, which was really helpful. Um, but one of the most helpful things was when I had my third kid, there were a group of moms in my neighborhood that were just spontaneously starting a get together kind of club where every, every week we got together and we took turns who was going to facilitate an interesting conversation. And we all brought something yummy to eat. You know, we all prepared something little that we could all share. And we took turns who was hosting it. And just every week, we'd kind of like rotate where we were meeting. And let's say there were about 10 to 15 of us, depending on the time. And yeah, it was all Hebrew. And at first, it was just sort of hard for me to follow the conversation. But I think that was one of the, the biggest places where I felt like I got some conversational Hebrew. Um, even though I had taken... They're open. When you first get to Israel, there's like five. No, it's actually five months. It's like five months for five hours a day. You learn Hebrew. Um, wow. I happened to be pregnant at the time that I moved. So I did two and a half months and then I had a baby. And then I did the other two and a half months after that. <laughs> so that was my second child. Yeah. So, so yeah. So learning a language was definitely uh, a step. Um, and I, I think I will continue learning the language my entire life. But, you know, you have this travel show. So if people are talking about traveling. Um, language is, is definitely a very interesting topic. Yeah. I mean, I think in terms of how I live my life, we do have a lot of people in the States that we care about that we want to visit. So we've sort of been visiting states about every year. And now that COVID has hit, it's sort of put a damper on our plans. And you know, we've had people come visit here uh, also. So, you know, we're definitely keeping in touch with the States people more by the internet waves than we had been when we, oh, I mean, we always kept in touch, but now since we can't in person as much, it's um, even more important to use the technology. But yeah, life here, my kids speak both Hebrew and English. They, um, you know, they speak English with me at home and they speak Hebrew in their schools and daycares. And yeah, it's so. Um, that is so amazing. Before you moved to Israel, has it ever crossed your mind that you were going to leave the US and just settle into another country? No, I never thought I would. My family has been from the same area for several generations. I mean, my grandparents on my mom's side and on my dad's side were either five minutes by car or 15 minutes by car away. Wow. Um, you know, I had extended family <sighs> gatherings in my local area. Like I, um, I always felt quite rooted 
to where I grew up and you know I, I wasn't unhappy with where I was living I mean the Boston area is a really fun place and I had lots of you know friends from growing up that had moved back or people from college that I was you know hanging out with there or you know so I had no problem with the Boston area at all it wasn't like I was trying to run away from something I just was trying to follow my love that's pretty much what happened that's so yeah beautiful. but thank god I can still keep in touch <laughs> thank you yeah no it's just my truth um it's never how I planned my life to be, but it just ended up happening that way. That is so perfect. Yeah. Did you ever regret making the decision of moving? That's a good question. Um, so I was pregnant at the time that I moved and um, it was my second child. And when you first move to another country, it's hard. I mean, it took mm -hmm. a little while before we found our permanent home um, and I was doing it with very, very young children. Um, so it was hard, but I felt so committed to my family that I, that I just, I could never go back. It was sort of like, well, I made this decision and I need to follow through because my husband's family's from here and he would never want to, you know, undo the decision. And, um, you know, I agreed to come to Israel before all of this happened. Yeah. So it was just sort of a, a question of determination and, and um, you know, making the most from whatever situation you have. And thank God we, we um, you know, we landed in a good community and, you know, we ended up eventually buying a house here. And um, but yeah, it was, it was really hard when we, you know, the first place that we lived, it actually had a, an insect issue <laughs> and I was oh, no. pregnant and I just couldn't imagine birthing a child with this issue like I had my two and a half year old son who I had to carry in my arms every time we went through the doorway to make sure that like the bugs wouldn't like start itching him <laughs> yeah so it was really really hard um but there were six families that moved to Israel at the same time that we did and only one other family of those six stayed the next year and then that family is not in Israel anymore. So out of all those six families were the were the only ones that had stayed through that program. Wow. Um, a more permanent situation to be in. We just didn't give up. I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about like, do you regret it? I feel like you just sort of have to live life like without regrets. Like you have to live your life. You have to like move forward. And, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's hard sometimes, you got to believe that, that something good is possible um, from it. So... And, you know, you, you just have to keep looking for, for something good. Yeah. And so we found it. That's right. I think you have to go through the hard stuff sometimes to get to the really good stuff and to be able to really appreciate it as well. That was my story. Yes. Let's go into your um, orphanage story. That is a pretty good one. Okay. I want to hear that. I want to hear more oh. about that. Thank you. So when I was in college, um, I heard about this program called Orphanage Outreach in the Dominican Republic. Mm -hmm. And it was just a chance to go to a Spanish speaking country with a bunch of other volunteers. And we had to pay to go um, to be hosted by this program. And we were encouraged to bring donations for the orphanage that we were going to help out in. And as volunteers, we were supposed to work together to design an English teaching program. And um, it was really interesting. So I went, you know, I was the only one that I knew that was doing this, but I had been told about it by someone else that had gone to my college. Um, so it, was, it came with like good references and everything, the program. Um, 
And yeah, it was just this guy who originally was from America. He found the orphanage and he said, hey, you know, would you like me to bring some college students from America to come visit you and help you learn English? And they were like, sure. So he just sort of started this program. And it was really cool because as a, as a recent college grad, it was interesting for me to kind of help define what we would be doing together. And, um, and the kids were just adorable. I mean, we like... Some of the biggest memories I have are that um, the kids used to all stand in a big circle and run around and dance and play Spanish chants and all the volunteers would just kind of get swept away and join in. And, um, and we, we created this passport program where they would get stickers for learning certain words on their passport. And then with certain passport stamps, they were allowed to bring it to the donation store and buy things like that the volunteers had brought in their extra suitcase. Oh, so yeah, it was just interesting. Like we all came up with that together. That is pretty amazing. So everyone was encouraged to bring other items or clothing or, or toys that the kids could then purchase with these with these stamps. Yeah. So, I mean, they didn't buy it with real money. They bought it with their learning stickers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was encouraged that we bring a lot of shoes because I guess shoes are hard to come by there or at okay. least the place that we went to. Yeah. So I brought like a whole extra suitcase worth of shoes that I, I think I bought at like a secondhand store or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, all the volunteers weren't supposed to drink the water there because like our bodies were different, like not used to the mm-hmm. to the water that where they were. And I just remember feeling kind of bad because a lot of the volunteers want to drink the water that we were drinking. And I felt like I wanted to give it to them. But the people that were doing the program, like the water was more expensive and like they don't need it there because they're not used to having this extra special water. So it was just one of those situations where I felt like I was in an ethical bind. Like I don't want to hog the water from these kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. But yeah. Um, and, you know, we used to play baseball and yeah, it was a really great program. I liked it. That is amazing. What else did you learn from this program or how did it impact your outlook on life? Well, it definitely um, had me thinking about how people have different circumstances. And um, I sort of started questioning some of the things I took for granted, like where I grew up, a lot of people wore rings and earrings a lot and things like that. And after that trip, it was almost like, why are we doing that? Like, we don't need these things. Yeah, that was one thing that crossed my mind. I don't know. It was the first time I slept in mosquito netting. I wouldn't say that the that the orphans that lived there had a tough life. Like they, in a sense, they they had each other and they they had fun, um, and they had a lot of support from where they were living. So it's not like we went to this you know poor unfortunate place. It was like we went to a place to have fun and to give language and. That's very interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that the volunteers actually have a really big impact on the projects that are run in these countries? Or do you feel it's also very much impactful for the volunteers that come to the country and are actually, you know, having fun and having an, a different experience? 
It definitely impacts both. A lot of the kids would run around and say, hey, come take a picture with me. It was like they wanted to, like, they loved the, like, the, the cameras. They, they just loved, like, posing for cameras. Um, and it definitely impacted the volunteers because, you know, we were, a, a lot of those kids had never seen a beach. And we went on a field trip with our program to a beach. So it was like wow. the first time that they'd ever been to a beach. And, you know, as volunteers, we'd been to a beach plenty of times. So it was like just being able to witness them enjoying that for the first time was was quite interesting and amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely think it impacts both in, in, in a lot of positive ways. The point is, is that you kind of get out of your comfort zone and you go and experience um, something different. You see that there's another way of living in the world. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think if you want to do something like that, there's a lot of programs out there. You can do your research and figure out, you know, I, I don't know what's going on now with COVID and everything, but it's definitely valuable in terms of giving flexibility to move to another place, um, to not necessarily always have things the way that you expect them and to be able to adapt to a new a new culture and a new place. And Jamie, you're also doing something really interesting now with COVID and with restaurants being closed. Can you tell us a little bit more about your new projects and your new in-home adventures? Sure. So I was most recently a teacher and um, as schools were closing and opening and closing and um, I just decided that I wanted to do online teaching instead and became a coach. And as a coach, I thought, okay, so in what area can I grow myself? And I have three young kids. And as a teacher, I was working a lot of hours and I did as, like, as efficiently as possible, uh, you know, making everything nut as nutritious as possible. But when I had a little bit more time, I was thinking, well, maybe I can take a nutrition course. Even though I had already taken a nutrition course as part of my teacher uh, professional development, one of my schools had... Um, a class where all the teachers came together and learned about um, nutrition and health so that we could teach our students that and it would kind of have a ripple effect through the whole community. So I had that training and then this more recent training I took after COVID started was taught by a Stanford professor on Coursera um, and has a certification at the end. And um, so the two courses had some things in common plus other life experiences and cookbooks and things like that. But I basically really wanted to go to a restaurant and um, we couldn't because restaurants were not the safest place in COVID. And I thought, well, you know what? We can still go to a restaurant. We can make a restaurant in our home. And so from good. that standpoint, okay, I want to try and like lead other people to follow me through this experience. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to some friends and a few friends joined me in a Facebook group um, And I just started going on practicing Facebook lives and just sort of like having fun with it. We were all advising each other. And so basically, um, I'm going to do a masterclass soon mm -hmm. to guide people to have these kinds of experiences. And I um, I'm really looking forward to it. That is so exciting. It's like having your own in-home adventure, like a restaurant experience. Can you give us some details about the Masterclass if people want to join you? Sure. I'm actually going to go live on my personal page today to uh, share a little bit more. But basically, um, the, it's a five-day Masterclass. It's going to be in a Facebook group. And um, everyone can come on. And it's actually free. 
um, and just hear what I have to say and do homework assignments in between so they can, you know, experience something that actually fits their own style. Um, everyone has their own preferences about what kinds of restaurants they like and everyone has their own helping people nurture their closest connections with nutrition and company because both of those things happen in a restaurant and usually you go to restaurants with people that you're close to so in COVID people are people who they're living with and obviously those are pretty close connections if they're lucky enough to be in a situation that they can invite people to their house you know whether it's their neighbors or you know if they've chosen limited people that they want to have in their capsule or whatever then you know that could be included as well but yeah it's just about creating special memories together that is so beautifully said jamie one question that i always love asking is what does living life fully mean to you living life fully to me means being both intentional and open to surprises, mm. looking for the good in things and trying to be a positive influence on what your circumstances or the people around you. That is so good. I absolutely love it. That's amazing. So Jamie, where can people find you if they want to follow you on Facebook or any other place? Sure. I would say the best place is to just find me on Facebook. It's Jamie Bridges Walzer. Um, and even better is to actually join the masterclass that I'm starting. So if you find me on my Facebook, then you'll see that I'm about to go live tonight about the masterclass. Or if you want to just straight join into the group, then you'll see when I come on live in the masterclass. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing all of your stories. Thanks, Phoebe, for the opportunity.